Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hello, faithful listeners. Happy Monday. Thank you for tuning in to the Bible Explained podcast this morning. And I actually have a few announcements before we begin today's episode. The first announcement is that this is our last week in season five. We are moving into season six next week. So that's going to be really cool. We're going to be moving into the book of Joshua, which is like the history portion of the Old Testament. So it's a lot more story based, a lot more stories in the Old Testament. So that's going to be really fun, I think for us to discuss and to get to know. The second announcement is that if you've been listening to the podcast this entire time, then you will have gone through five whole books of the Bible in the Old Testament and three books in the New Testament. We're still in the book of John. We're making our way through the fourth book. So yeah, if you guys have been tuning in this whole time, that means you have listened to nine whole books of the Bible. And a lot of people argue that the ones we've already covered are some of the most difficult books in the Bible. But the last announcement is that my new YouTube video is up. It's actually an interview video. My sister and my brother-in-law are sharing their testimony with the IFB church. If you guys don't know what IFB is, that means Independent Fundamental Baptist, which was also the denomination that I grew up in. And there was a lot of problems in the church. And in some ways, it looked more like a cult than it did like a church. So that episode on YouTube is called Our Escape from the IFB Denomination. So I'm going to link that in the description of this podcast episode. And it is an interview. It's about 45 minutes long. It's part one of their story. So if you guys have time to listen to like a podcasty type of interview, then uh, check that out. Once again, that is linked in the description. Okay, let's read Deuteronomy 33 today. And we're going to be discussing 1 through 12. And I'm actually going to be doing something a little bit different today. I'm going to be comparing two portions of scripture side by side, which is something I haven't really done before. So I'm going to be reading the portion from Deuteronomy, but also going back to Genesis 49 and discussing that portion as well, side by side. But to start, let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 33, 1 through 12. And I'm actually going to be reading out of the NLT version this morning because I really like the way the NLT words this. But of course, feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of. This is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, gave to the people of Israel before his death. The Lord came from Mount Sinai and dawned upon us from Mount Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran and came from Meribah Kadesh with flaming fire at his right hand. Indeed, he loves his people. All his holy ones are in his hands. They follow in his steps and accept his teaching. Moses gave us the Lord's instruction, the special possession of the people of Israel. The Lord became king in Israel when the leaders of the people assembled, when the tribes of Israel gathered as one. Moses said this about the tribe of Reuben. Let the tribe of Reuben live and not die out, though they are few in number. Moses said this about the tribe of Judah. O Lord, hear the cry of Judah and bring them together as a people. Give them strength to defend their cause. Help them against their enemies. Moses said this about the tribe of Levi. O Lord, you have given your Thummim and your Irim, the sacred lots, to your faithful servants, the Levites. 
You put them to the test at Massa and struggled with them at the waters of Meribah. The Levites obeyed your word and guarded your covenant. They were more loyal to you than to their own parents. They ignored their relatives and did not acknowledge their own children. They teach your regulations to Jacob. They give your instructions to Israel. They present incense before you and offer whole burnt offerings on the altar. Bless the ministry of the Levites, O Lord, and accept all the work of their hands. Hit their enemies where it hurts the most. Strike down their foes so they never rise again. Moses said this about the tribe of Benjamin. The people of Benjamin are loved by the Lord and live in safety beside him. He surrounds them continuously and preserves them from every harm. So you guys remember what we talked about on Friday. Moses is about to die. Basically, his next task is to die. It is time for him to rest peacefully. It is time for him to be done with all of his hard work with the people of Israel. It's just time for him to be done. But God says that he's going to bless Moses before Moses ends up dying by allowing Moses to see the promised land before his death. But before Moses does that, before he goes up to the mountain to die, it kind of sounds like he's like on his journey there. So yeah, possibly the the people of Israel did travel with Moses up to the mountain. But it kind of sounds like before Moses goes up to the mountain, he gives this like special blessing to the people of Israel before he goes to die. So yeah, this was a very emotional thing, probably for everybody. Because the people probably knew that Moses was close to death. I mean, he was 120 years old. Possibly Moses had already told the people that he was going to die when he went up the mountain. But anyway, he gives the people these blessings. But to start out in verses 2 through 5, he talks about God. And he gives a lot of glory to God. It's almost like a poem, actually, verses 2 through 5. It's like this, this beautiful poem of how great God really is. Like he's surrounded by all this grandeur. He has flaming fire at his right hand. Now, some translations like the W.E.B. will translate that as he had a myriad of holy ones next to him, maybe meaning like saints or angels. But of course, the NLT translates it as the flaming fire at his right hand. And there's a little footnote here that says the Hebrew is uncertain. (laughs) But one way or another, there's something very powerful about this, whether it's a flaming fire that God has or holy ones or angels or saints, depending on how it's translated. It's just very powerful. It's showing how grand God really is, like how powerful he is. Indeed, he loves his people. And actually the Hebrew, if you go back to the Hebrew there, it actually says God is a lover of the peoples, which I find super cool because it's not just Israel. God loves all people. He's a lover of the peoples. And you can see already in the Old Testament how much God loves all people of all nationalities. Like God loves everybody, which is why he showed his power to the Egyptians, which is why he tells Israel that they're going to be like a blessing to all the nations across the world. So God is a lover of the peoples and all his holy ones are in his hands. Other versions will translate that as all his saints are in his hands. So the people, it sounds like the people who die, such as Aaron and Moses almost, those people are in his hands. They're not just dead and gone. They are still with God. They follow in his steps and accept his teaching. Moses gave us the Lord's instruction. So Moses is referring to himself 
basically saying, I gave us the Lord's instruction, the special possession of the people of Israel. And then Moses ends his poem by saying that God is actually who is king of all of Israel. He is the king. He reigns supreme. So now Moses goes into blessing the tribes. He starts out with the tribe of Reuben. So now this is kind of where I want to go into Genesis 49 and compare the two blessings side by side. Because in Genesis 49, Jacob blessed all of his sons. And we know that all of Jacob's sons eventually became the the 12 tribes of Israel that Moses is blessing in Deuteronomy 33. And personally, I think that Moses did take Jacob's blessing into account when he made his own blessing for Israel. So I'm going to read them side by side. So it says in verse 6 of Deuteronomy 33, Moses said this about the tribe of Reuben. Let the tribe of Reuben live and not die out, though they are few in number. So let's see what Jacob has to say about Reuben in Genesis 49. All right, starting in verse 3, it says, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power. Turbulent as the waters, you will no longer excel, for you went up on your father's bed, onto my couch, and defiled it. Okay. So (laughs) if you guys remember who Reuben was when Reuben was alive, he actually like took one of his father's concubines and slept with her. And so that's what Jacob is talking about here, where Reuben defiled his bed. He's like, yeah, you slept with one of my concubines, so you defiled my bed, which we know that in scripture, that's not cool. Even God said, don't defile your father's bed. Like, Be very honorable with your parents, even though, you know, Jacob did sin by having multiple women and having multiple women he was not married to. Regardless, Reuben never should have taken one of his father's concubines and slept with her. In fact, that is rather disgusting. So Jacob tells Reuben that even though Reuben was his firstborn son, he was excelling with power. You know, Reuben was a very strong guy. It kind of sounds like he had a lot of strength. He had a lot of honor, a lot of power. But Jacob says, you're not going to excel in the end. Now, going back to Moses, Moses's blessing actually kind of goes hand in hand with that. He says, let the tribe of Reuben live and not die out, though they are few in number. So in other words, it sounds like uh, Reuben already is not excelling very well. So Moses is like, even though they're not going to excel, don't let them die out, basically. And that's all he has to say about Reuben. So moving forward in Deuteronomy 33, Moses talks about the tribe of Judah next. And he says, O Lord, hear the cry of Judah and bring them together as a people. Give them strength to defend their cause. Help them against their enemies. Now, I want to mention that, yes, I'm sure that Moses had Jacob's blessings in mind when he was giving his own blessings. But Moses was also a prophet. And so a prophet is a person that speaks the words of God. And so if Moses was giving prophecy here, yes, he had Jacob's blessings in mind, but also Moses had a special word from God as well, I'm sure, regarding the the tribes of, of Israel. But anyway, going back to Genesis 49, here's what Jacob has to say about Judah, who happened to be Jacob's fourth-born son. And it's very funny because Judah's a crazy guy. <laughs> Judah, when he was alive, he uh, he has a whole chapter devoted to him and 
his dealings with his daughter-in-law, Tamar. I've actually talked a lot about that story on this podcast because it's such a fascinating story. And uh, Judah ended up sleeping with his daughter-in-law, Tamar. Um, Not going to go into that story again. But Judah definitely had his problems. And in fact, Judah was the one who suggested selling Joseph into slavery. Joseph was Judah's brother. So Judah was not a great guy to start. However, Judah had a huge change in his heart. He admitted he was wrong about his daughter-in-law, Tamar. And he did end up taking Tamar as a wife after uh, that whole debacle. And also, Judah had a lot of regret for what he had done to Joseph. You can see that because Judah just had a huge change of heart when he met Joseph and that entire story that happened. So even though Judah had his faults, he admitted when he was wrong. And you can tell that in the end, he was very, very humbled. So God loved Judah, actually. Because in the end, we're all going to sin. It's not so much about the sins that we commit, but it's about our heart towards God. And so Judah, he had his fair share of really weird and creepy sins. But in the end, I do think that his heart was very much for God. Jacob blesses Judah. He says in verse 8, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. Until he to whom it belongs, in other words, Jesus, shall come. And the obedience of the nations shall be his. So basically, Jacob prophesies that Judah, the tribe of Judah, is going to have all the kings until Jesus comes. And of course, Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. Jesus was the the ultimate king. He was the true king. So yeah, Moses' blessings actually very much mirror this. Moses says, Lord, hear the cry of Judah. Bring them together as a people. Give them strength to defend their cause. Help them against their enemies. Even that goes hand in hand with uh, Jacob's blessing to his son Judah. So now I'm going to talk about the tribe of Levi. Moses says this about the tribe of Levi. Lord, you've given them your Thummim and your Urim, the sacred lots to your faithful servants, Levites. You put them to the test at Massa. You struggled with them at the waters of Meribah. The Levites obeyed your word and guarded your covenant. They were more loyal to you than their own parents. They ignored their relatives and did not acknowledge their own children. Which, by the way, this does not mean that they had like child abandonment. It's like scriptures like this where people take it and they're just like, oh, you know, Moses was for child abandonment. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the the tribe of Judah did not listen to outside influences other than God. They did not want even their family members to speak untruths to them. They wanted the words of God. And so, of course, God was going to bless the tribe of Levi in the end. But let's see what Jacob has to say about the tribe of Levi. It says in Genesis 49, verses 5 through 7, Simeon and Levi were brothers, or our brothers, I'm sorry. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let me not join their assembly, for they have killed men in anger hamstrung oxen as they pleased curse be their anger so fierce and their fury so cruel i will scatter them in jacob and disperse them in israel so, <laughs> so this seems a uh, jacob's blessing per se to 
Levi is not exactly a blessing, is it? It's not a blessing at all. Instead, he says, you guys kind of suck. You're violent. You do whatever you want. You have so much anger and violence. You're cruel. (laughs) And then at the very end, he says, God is going to scatter them in Israel. So yeah, this was all true. I mean, when Levi was alive, he also was kind of a crappy person. He committed uh, genocide, actually. (laughs) There was something about every single brother for the most part, except for Joseph. Joseph was the only one that kind of stayed, uh, stayed true to God for the most part. But Levi did not. Like, he went out and committed this terrible genocide, actually, which the story is very, very sad if you want to go read that again. I don't remember what chapter of Genesis that's in, but um, yeah, Levi went and slaughtered with his brother Simeon an entire, like, town of people, basically. Jacob says, Levi, you're going to be scattered. But because Levi proved to be faithful to God... During the time of Moses, God ended up blessing Levi and used them to spread the law to all of Israel. So yes, Levi was scattered. Levi was scattered all over Israel. But in the end, it ended up being a blessing to not just Levi, but to the entire nations instead of a curse. It was a blessing to Levi in the end, because in the end, they listened to God. So the last one is the tribe of Benjamin. Moses said this about the tribe of Benjamin in Deuteronomy 33, verse 12. The people of Benjamin are loved by the Lord and live in safety beside him. He surrounds them continuously and preserves them from every harm. So to conclude, I'm going to read what Jacob has to say about Benjamin. And this is Genesis 49, verse 27. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning, he devours the prey. In the evening, he divides the plunder. I don't know exactly if Jacob's uh, blessing is a blessing per se or if it's a curse. To me, it kind of sounds like Benjamin is going to be a very uh, powerful tribe, the way Jacob describes it. So we do know that Benjamin did have a lot of military victories. But Moses actually says that Benjamin is the tribe loved by the Lord. Now, of course, I think all the tribes were loved by the Lord, of course, because God loved the nation of Israel. But Benjamin really was a preserved tribe. Like the three tribes you still kind of hear about a little bit today is the tribe of Benjamin, Judah, and Levi. And there are actually Jewish people out there that say that they can trace their origins back to uh, those tribes because some of their historical documents have, in fact, been preserved so that Jewish people do know what tribe they are a part of. And Benjamin seems like it's always one of the tribes. It's either either Benjamin, Judah, or Levi. So yeah, I mean, Benjamin really was preserved by the Lord. Benjamin really was a loved tribe by God. And Moses says, God surrounds Benjamin continuously and preserves them from every harm. Now in Judges, we are going to talk about a story where Benjamin almost gets wiped out. But in the end, gets saved. (laughs) Oh, what a weird story. In fact, I'm really looking forward to the book of uh, Judges, but that's not going to be until season seven of the podcast. So we still have to do the book of Joshua. Then we will talk about the book of Judges, which is my favorite, one of my favorite books of the Bible. But anyway, guys, I hope to see you on Wednesday because we are going to be finishing out 
uh, talking about the 12 tribes of Israel. I'm going to once again compare them side by side to talk about the two blessings of the tribes of Israel. And I hope you guys found this episode interesting. If you did, please uh, share the podcast. Tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. And also, if you haven't grabbed a t-shirt yet, go ahead and do that. I have my Lion of Judah tees in stock. And I also have the Bible Explained podcast t-shirts. Both of them are my favorites. (laughs) I can't choose a favorite. Anyway, guys, I will see you all on Wednesday and hopefully tomorrow also for an episode out of the New Testament. Happy listening and God bless.